This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning. Coming up on this edition of Sunday Focus, it is a South Dakota election edition of the show. South Dakota elections are Tuesday, November 8th. And the big part of this election is to see who will be the governor of our great state, South Dakota. We do our best at Results Town Square Media to keep the public informed on each candidate running. We have reached out to all candidates running for governor of South Dakota. Jamie Smith joins us in the studio now to tell us about him, his reasons for running and his vision for South Dakota. To learn more about Jamie's campaign, visit smithforgov.org. That's all coming up on this edition of Sunday Focus. If you're driving on the interstate, a state highway, a county highway, through town, or on a gravel road, this message is for you. Buckle up, don't skip the click. Crashes don't discriminate, they happen everywhere. Hi, I'm Trooper Peterson with the South Dakota Highway Patrol reminding you that wearing your seatbelt is one of the best ways to protect yourself while driving. Buckle up, don't skip the click. This message brought to you by the South Dakota Highway Patrol and Results Town Square Media. Welcome back to another edition of Sunday Focus. We are being joined here by a very special guest. Now, the South Dakota elections are Tuesday, November 8th, and the big part of this election is to see who will be the governor of our great state, South Dakota. We do our best at Results Town Square Media to keep the public informed on each candidate running. And right now, one of the candidates is joining me. It's Jamie Smith. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. You know, thanks for joining the program today there, there's a lot to go over here right and thankfully we have the time to do it so let's start off with some basic get to know you questions so tell us a little bit about yourself well you know what i'm a lifelong south dakotan i was born in sioux falls i educated in the public schools in sioux falls i graduated from washington high school the old one downtown and then i uh, went to augustana um, got a degree at augie in communications um, after working uh, you know at giggleby's throughout high school in college. They hired me afterwards to uh, work at Giggleby's, if you remember those days, uh, back with Wilbur the Coyote. Uh, and, uh, you know, we started a franchise out in Rapid City for the company. Um, but soon I decided that it was time to uh, go back to school and get another degree. And I got that in education. My whole family's educators. So a lot of people in Sioux Falls area, at least, and around the state know me as Jamie Smith, the teacher. Uh, I taught at Axtell Park and Roosevelt High School. I also coached wrestling and football all around. And a lot of people around the state know me as the wrestling coach, Jamie. And so, you know, wore a lot of different hats. I'm married. I got a wife, Kirsten. She's amazing. She is a librarian at Edison Middle School. And then I got two sons. Um, The eldest one uh, just turned 21 a little bit ago, and he goes to school at Washington University in St. Louis. He's a nose guard on the football team down there, and he's also a great student. And then I got a senior, my my youngest. uh, He's 18 already. It's crazy. But he goes to Lincoln High School. He's a senior, and we're starting to look for colleges for that kid. So that's kind of what's going on here uh, with me, my life. I've been a realtor for the past 15 years, though, here in Sioux Falls, and uh, been in the House of Representatives for six years now, and I'm the minority leader. Lots going on, do a lot of different things, but that's me in a nutshell. A little bit of everything I can tell straight off the bat. Now, my mom's a teacher, so she went from third grade to preschool to then first grade, junior high the last couple of years. 
and now back to third grade. And she always has some interesting stories with kids. Any story that you can share from your teaching days? <laughs> oh, there's there's so much. Teaching days in my life were amazing. You know what? I really loved being a teacher. Uh, I have the greatest respect for teachers. They they really give their best and all every day to make sure that kids' lives are better. Um, you know, teaching and coaching. You, it's such a it, it's such a gift because you get to really get to know people well. Um, you know, we I just I can't tell you just one story because that wouldn't be fair to whoever that kid was <laughs> or ever that teacher. I just want to say that the five years I had at Axdale Park Middle School here, middle schoolers, you know, a lot of a lot of adults are like, how did you teach middle school? I mean, that has to be crazy. Tell you what, I loved middle schoolers. Eighth graders were amazing beings because, you know, they're young enough. You can still get them really excited about what they're learning, uh, but but old enough that you, you can have real conversations of some depth. And so. Um, you know, just getting to know those kids, uh, especially when you're coaching them too, you get to know them a little bit more and, and, uh, it's really been fun though, to watch these kids grow up. And what I can tell you is, I mean, you bump into them all over town and they still call you Mr. Smith, you know, <laughs> but I, I just, the other day was buying shoes, uh, Logan, I'll, I'll pick on you out there. You know, I was, uh, buying some new shoes and had to uh, go to a certain shoe store here in town. And he's helped me for years now, uh, make sure that I have the uh, best shoes for my feet. Uh, and he takes pride in that. But, uh, so, you know, these, these, these kids grow up, they do great things. And so that's fun to be a part of. So let me see if I got your resume all down. Teacher, coach, realtor, and state representative. Yep. Right now, there's a couple more in there because I ran that place called Giggleby's. So I've yes. worked in hospitality. If you go way back, I've worked in a cornfield. My very first job, <laughs> I tell you what, doing corn research for decal. And then um, I've worked in the hotel business a little bit, too, throughout college, a, a couple different places, uh, bartending. Um, and then the one I didn't tell you about, I also sold joints. Now, now, when I sell, I sold joints. I sold knees and hips for a company called Depew. It's an orthopedic division of Johnson & Johnson. So I sold, you know, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. I, I sold the parts that surgeons put into people. And so, I, you know, um, and so that was an interesting two years. Uh, uh, I was in between teaching and real estate. Boy, you know, now you're about to embark, you're continuing to embark on this journey running for governor of South Dakota. I'm curious because it sounds like you got interested in politics a little bit later in life. So what sparked that interest for you? You know, I've always had an, an interest in, in service. Okay, I've been a servant leader all my life and giving back. At the scale of, of, of running for an office, it was Karen Soli, a representative from District 15 that recruited me to run. She saw some leadership qualities in me. She was a friend of mine. She was serving in the House and uh, House of Representatives, and she there was an open seat coming available, and she actually actively recruited me to run for that seat because she knew me and knew the skills that I had and uh, had to convince me a little bit to go uh, do it. But uh, she was right. I have to say Karen was right, and she, she knew me better than I knew myself. So I ran and won, and we've done that three times now, and now I'm running for governor. When you think of that word, governor, first words that come to mind? You know, lots of responsibility. Lots and lots of responsibility. Um, and, uh, and, and then the, the next thing uh, I think about is the people of South Dakota and what they deserve. And they deserve somebody that cares about their needs and wants to make their lives better. 
Absolutely. What qualities or characteristics do you think make a great governor or even a great leader? Well, you know, leadership all comes down to listening, you know, being willing to to listen, empathize, put yourself in there and then make decisions. You got to make tough decisions as a leader, but you got to make informed decisions. And I always make my decisions based on what the experts tell me. Um, you know, you, you surround yourself with really smart people that know about what you're talking about. It, it, it becomes clear what decisions you need to make in certain situations, even if it's not the popular one. That's sometimes the hardest one when you know you're making the right decision, but it's not maybe what people want. In your opinion, what type of person does the state of South Dakota want in a governor? Well, I believe they want a governor that's here in South Dakota working for them, that, that again, has empathy and, and works for all South Dakotans. You know, um, people in South Dakota are tired of caustic and... and um, and let's just say D.C. style politics. OK, I think that people understand what that means. They want a leader that is down to earth, is focused on their needs and what we need to do here in South Dakota. And that's solve real problems that exist here in the state of South Dakota. But they also just want to be heard. People want to be listened to. They want an opportunity to meet with their leadership. They want an opportunity to tell you what they think and they want to have what they've told you be at least heard and if not followed up on right and and that's not currently happening here in the state of south dakota that's why i'm running uh, because we need a governor that's focused on the state of south dakota that's looking at the needs of all south dakotans not just few if you are just listening right now, I'm being joined by one of the governor candidates, Jamie Smith. Like we mentioned before, we like to keep the voters informed on candidates running for positions. Now, Jamie, you said that this is your first time running for South Dakota governor. So tell us a little bit about your political campaign journey. You know, it, it's been crazy. We announced late January, uh, right at the very end of January, beginning of February was when we kicked this thing off, you know, and, and since then it's been a sprint. Uh, it's supposed to be a marathon. On, but when you come into the race that late, you need to really get moving. And so we've been moving. Um, there's a lot of things that go into it. It's finding the right people to surround yourself with. But main thing for me was getting name recognition up in the state of South Dakota because I haven't been a statewide elected leader. I've been the minority leader for four years in the state House of Representatives. But there's a lot of people in the state of South Dakota that really don't pay that much attention to what goes on on a day-to-day -day basis in the state government. You know, but people kind of understand the word governor and who's going to be the governor. So we had to get that name recognition up. We've been working hard to do that. You know, raising money is a big part of that, too. You're constantly trying to figure out how to fundraise to run for governor. So there's a big component of that that's been out fundraising. It's been traveling throughout the state. It's mm -hmm. been giving stump speeches here and there all around. It's been going to civic organizations. It's been, you know, all the different things that you would expect a candidate to do. We've been doing and then some um, because we do. And we, we knew we would. We had an uphill battle. Um, but but the great thing is, as we travel across the state, people are so excited because there's somebody that's going to represent them in the governor's office. And, and the, it's a growing momentum. It's kind of like a wheel rolling down a hill and it's gaining that momentum. And it's been very fun to watch. Absolutely. Who or what would you say inspired you to run for governor? The inspiration to run for governor came when there were um, there were no Democrats stepping up to the challenge. And when, when I looked in the mirror and the guy looking back at me was the person that had the skills and the ability to do that and lead, I, I had to, at that point, put my name in and tell, tell my, my, my colleagues that I would do it. And so it was, a, it was a big swallow, a hard swallow, and then said, yeah, I can do that. And uh, I haven't regretted it one bit since we said, yeah, we can do that. But when we said we could do that, we weren't going to do it just to fill a spot. We're running to win. 
And that's a that's a difference, I think, in this election cycle. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you say regrets and by the sound of it, you you won't have any regret whether you win or whether it's not the outcome that you were hoping for. That's interesting that you say that word regret. There won't be any regrets because what we're doing is the right thing. When you're doing the right thing and when you're doing it for the right reasons, there won't be any regrets because, you know, we're working as hard as we can, making the best decisions we can each and every day moving forward. And we're doing it for the people of South Dakota. I'm not doing this for myself. I can tell you what, there's been a lot of political uh, things that we've had to do in this race that aren't being done to benefit Jamie Smith. It's actually quite the opposite. It's not easy on a family to run for governor. I can just tell you that. It takes time away from lots of different things. I've taken time away from my own personal real estate business, too. You know, I'm not actively selling houses really right now. It's been a a year of of really not really much work in that regard, but it's been 60, 70, 80 hours a week trying to become the governor of South Dakota. Yeah, I can only imagine that. And as you are hitting that campaign trail, you're probably meeting a lot of new people, maybe even seeing some familiar faces. What are some changes that voters want to see in the state when you're going out to meet everybody? You know, transparency is huge. Uh, people across the state want to know what their government is doing and and where they're doing it. And, and um, you know, we've had some uh, recent recent things with our current governor with the airplane and where that's been going and what it's been doing. Um, people are mad about that. They also want um, they just they just want somebody that that treats people with respect too. Uh, we have an interest of, of the the accountability board finding the governor guilty of malfeasance and wrongdoing with the firing of a, a longtime state employee. People don't like that. They want people that are working for them that that do so in, in a South Dakota way. And that's that's kind of the you know treat others as you wish to be treated. I think South Dakotans really live by that rule. And as a governor, that's what I expect to, to do to the people that work with me. And uh, that's what I expect the constituents to see. Like most candidates, there are certain policies that they tend to take more focus on. So what new policies do you intend to focus on if you are voted as governor of South Dakota? Well, there are so many real issues in our state that we need to deal with. Um, education is always a top priority, and it should be because it's the foundation for everything. And that comes from K-12 to post-secondary. You know, another huge issue in our state is child care right now. It's a crisis. You know, we're looking for workers to fill jobs in the state of South Dakota. You know, if you don't have a place to take your kids that's safe, you're not going to go to work, you know. And so we need that opportunity. We need that child care field. Another big one right now this election cycle is health care. You know, it's finally time I think we're going to pass Medicaid expansion. You know, we've had that out there for a very long time. 43,000 South Dakotans don't have access to primary care. Healthy people can work. That's going to be good for the South Dakota economy. It's going to be good for the state when we get that passed. And then last but not least, housing is a huge, huge issue in the state. Housing, um, it's a chicken and the egg thing. You want to have jobs, but you got to have places for people to live, right? But you got to have places for people to live in order to have the jobs. Mm -hmm. And so I've been on two summer studies to work on that very problem. We appropriated a bunch of money this last year in the legislature to try to get after some of that problem. That governor is holding some of that money hostage right now in Pierre. We need that money to get out into the communities, and we need to be able to help with the housing crisis in the state. Do you see an area in South Dakota's laws or policies that you would like to change? Why or why not? 
you know, corrections is a spot that I, I think we need to do a lot of work in. Um, right now, we have a crisis in corrections, too, with pay. Uh, we've, you know, recently raised that pay just a little bit. Um, we need to continue to look at that, though, for working conditions to get people hired. But in corrections, we need to make a shift. We need to shift beyond thinking that addiction, many of the people that are in our, our prison systems are there for addiction. You know, ultimately, the, the, the root cause of whatever they've done to end up in the penitentiary is, is that they're an addict. And we have to quit looking at addiction as being a moral failing. Addiction is a disease, a disease that needs to be treated. So we need to allocate and shift funds somehow. And it's not easy. And I don't have the exact answer on how to do this. But I know that we need to focus on how do we get people well? So they don't make the bad choices that they've made that have gotten them in prison. Because most of the people that go to prison get out. And without the right kind of treatment and everything that they need to be successful, they're going to end up going back. And that costs us a lot of money. And it costs families a lot of money. And it costs families their lives, really. And children their their ability to live and grow up with their parents and things like that. So we need to work on that. And that's a huge one in our state right now. That and mental health. And they kind of go hand in hand somewhat, too. Mental health, many people treat their mental health issues with illegal drugs. And we need to make sure that we deal with mental health in our state the way it needs to be dealt with as an illness without the stigma. So those are some challenges that we face, but we'll hit them head on. You were talking about how you spent hours just campaigning on the road and, and what now. What do you think is challenging being on the road and, and campaigning besides, you know, trying to get your name out there? What are some other challenges you face? You know, the the challenges are, are just um, getting up for every event. Right. And, and on the way there, I, I'm an extrovert. I'm a people person. OK, my wife's an introvert. Uh, she's always talked to me about this uh, you know, needing time to recuperate or recover after being with a lot of people. She needs her alone time, right? I've never understood that. Well, I've been on the road long enough and been around enough people that I have actually hit a people overload a couple times on this campaign trail. And I actually had to apologize to my wife. I had to say, I am so sorry. I didn't understand what you meant. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now I fully understand what you mean by I just need a little time to myself to recharge your batteries so you can be good for other people. And so that's been a big challenge is getting a couple times and it doesn't happen often. But there's been a couple weeks on the road where I've just I've been shot, uh, peopled out. You know, when you hop back in the car after one of those big events, normally I'd start talking right away to whoever's driving me and, and nope, it's staring straight ahead at the windshield and <laughs> just going, it's quiet time. Let me uh, kind of get back into a, a good spot here so I can be so I can be good for the next people. Despite those challenges, though, you, you've had to add a couple of fun moments on the campaign trail. Can you bring any of those up, those stories? <laughs> sure. Um, you know, there are, there are, yeah, lots and lots. It's the people that make this, the whole the whole thing worth it, right? Mm -hmm. Meeting the people. Um, I'd always heard about the Kranzberg Parade on the 4th of July up by Watertown. Okay. It's kind of a legendary parade in the state of South Dakota. <laughs> I had never been to the Kranzberg 4th of July parade, mm -hmm. and they warned me that it was going to be something. And when we, you know, started out the parade, yeah, it's a pretty normal parade. I mean, there were lots of cars coming into town, and there was a pretty good presence of, of, of highway patrol and stuff, making sure that the cars were getting to the right spots and parking. But when we turned that corner to come down Main Street in the sea of people that were on Main Street in Cranzburg, South Dakota on the 4th of July, mobbing our vehicle and, and the chance that we're going on and, and just uh, all the support, it was 
absolutely breathtaking coming around that corner. And right after that, we had to go to another parade in Watertown and got over there. Um, had a gentleman on that parade route offer me a drag of a blunt uh, going down the road. And I, I declined. I declined. I said, recreation's not legal yet, sir, but maybe I can change that during the next election. So that was a, an eye-opening moment as well. <laughs> can't get over that. Did someone really? They ran up to the truck, right, and said, hey, do you want some of this? I said, no, not right now. Let's make it legal first, sir. And uh, <laughs> that was a shocking moment. If you are just listening right now, South Dakota Governor candidate Jamie Smith is in the studio. And as we mentioned at the beginning, like to give candidates the proper time to hear what they have to say and to talk to you, the voters. Now, let's let's talk about a subject that's kind of hard not to talk about after the last couple of years. It's a global pandemic. That's probably been the biggest stories in the last two years with COVID-19. Leaders and politicians were faced with difficult task of navigating communities through this pandemic. As I like to call it, there was no playbook for COVID-19. You know, this was an unprecedented situation, but somehow people manage. And Jamie, let's just say, and hopefully I'm knocking on wood, a pandemic isn't going to happen again anytime soon. Let's just say another pandemic makes its way to South Dakota. What would be your action plan? Well, first and foremost, I, I want to take a moment to remember that we have at this time 3,014 people have died because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And we oftentimes don't recognize that you know, in this. So I, I, I mean, it's a somber thing and I hate to bring that up, but 3,014 people as a have died as a result of that, that weighs heavily on a leader on what to do the right thing to make sure that people stay healthy and do those things and make those choices. I can tell you one thing. I would not politicize a pandemic this last time. This got politicized way too much all the way through as the minority leader. I said, this should not be a political football. We should not politicize something as important as that. We should use sound science to make decisions for our people. And, and that's the, the path I went down. And, and I, you know, I wanted to make sure that, you know, people were making decisions based on sound science and that they were doing what was right for them, their family and for the state of South Dakota. We had so many business owners in the state of South Dakota that did the very best they could for their employees, for the people and, and for for their their customers. And I really, really respect the heck out of those business people uh, that were able to, to make it through, you know, this. We also have to remember that the government did help us out through this process, too. There's a lot of money that came to the state of South Dakota in the form of relief you know, to our states. And so one of the things we have a really strong economy going here in our state, a lot of that's from an infusion of cash that came to our state. And so we'll be paying for that for a long time, right? But it kept us going. And so we have to remember all of those things. Anything that you would change in the policies that were made? As far as policies, I mean, we can always do Sunday morning, you know, or Monday morning quarterback, you know, and, and look at those things. I think the one thing, though, I'd go back to is that we shouldn't turn it into a political, a political football. We should always come together in the time of crisis. And uh, I don't think that happened as much as we could have done this last time. Now, this is pretty much your time to, to talk to the voters. You know, you can say whatever you want now at this point. I, I don't have any more questions. That is literally all I had. But if you want to say some more fun facts about yourself or your message you want to get out to the voters, this is this is your time. Well, I appreciate that. You know, 
I marvel each and every day at how, how great South Dakotans are. South Dakotans are welcoming people that like to take care of their neighbors. They need a government that reflects that, that welcomes all people to the state of South Dakota. You know, when I was at the uh, Pride Gathering earlier this year in Sioux Falls, I made a statement there, and it's rung true for a lot of people. And it doesn't matter really what your background is, but I, I want South Dakotans to know that if they've ever been made to feel unwelcome in the state of South Dakota under Governor Smith, you'll be welcome in the state of South Dakota. I want everybody to know that all are welcome in the state of South Dakota and all should feel like this is their home just as much as anybody else around us. And all people should feel welcome to, to raise their family here in the state and, and uh, be a great place to, to raise that family and for people to thrive. You know, we've got new and better jobs to come to the state. We want to work hard to make sure we have the best education possible. We want to make sure that we reduce the amount of debt that our students have uh, in getting that education here in the state of South Dakota. And we want to keep we want to keep our best and brightest here in the state. You know, I don't want the brain drain. We train them up. We have great kids. They end up leaving our states and going to other states around us. We need to make sure we have those jobs here. We also need to make sure that we take care of our elderly in the state. There's a crisis right now in nursing homes still. We need to make sure that we pay a uh, the, the amount to actually allow these care facilities to take care of people. That's another big thing that really weighs heavily on my mind each and every day. How do we take care of the, the people that need to be taken care of the most? And then last but not least, I want to talk a little bit about our, our Native American friends, right? Under the current administration, our current governor has almost gone out of her way to not have good relations with the tribes. I want you to know that I'll be reaching out to each and every tribe in our state and making sure that they know that we'll work together to make sure that we can do everything we can for those folks that live on the reservations here in the state of South Dakota. We have four of the four of the five poorest counties in the United States are here in the state of South Dakota. That's not right. Right here in our state, we need to do things about that. It's a complex problem. I'm not going to deny that, but we need to work together to get that done. So the most important thing I want to say, no matter what you're going to vote for me or not coming up, is that you vote. It's a right that people have died for, right, to, to get out and vote. You got to make sure that you get out and vote this election cycle. That That's so important to the whole process because everybody's vote does count. There's a lot of people out there that think, well, it doesn't really matter. No, it matters a whole lot, okay? And each and every vote does need to be counted, and each and every person needs to get out and vote. And so I encourage you to be a part of the process, get out there, and then, hey, you know what? Next cycle around, think about running, running for something. I don't care what it is, but if you have those skills, serve your community by being a public servant. All right. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. I look forward to being the governor of the state of South Dakota and working each and every day to make sure we have a better state for everyone. You know, you took the voting question out of my mouth. I just thought of that as you started your your speech there. But I guess we can go back to anyone new that is running for positions in the state of South Dakota. What does that tell you about the future for the state seeing new blood kind of coming into government? 
it's, it's great. We need people to step up and, and fill those roles. And I really would love it, you know, to see more young people stepping up and doing those things. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of, in the legislature. I'm 51 years old and I might, I'm, I'm towards the younger end, okay, uh, of the, who's a legislator and peer. We, we need that younger, younger group of people to get involved. It's hard because it's a part-time job, you know. But that doesn't mean you have to run for the legislature or anything like that. Run for school board. Run for city council, run for township boards, you know, run for the county commission, do those types of things. You know what? And if you don't give back in that way, you know, be a volunteer at your kid's school, but give back to the community in some way. That's what we need to do in order to make sure that we have a great state moving forward. And a lot of people do those things. You know what? And if you can't, if your time doesn't allow you to do those things, use your talent or your resources in another way to help support people that do. That's that's the other part of it, because we know that everybody can't do that. You know, some people are working just too many jobs to get by that they don't have the time to do different things like I'm doing right here right now. And I understand that completely. But that's why I'm out there doing this for them. Jamie, before we let you go, where can potential voters, people find out more information about you and your campaign? You bet. Uh, we have a website set up at smithforgov.org. That's S-M-I-T-H-F-O-R. Gov.org, smithforgov.org would be the best spot to go and find out more information about us. You know, we're telling everybody out there that, uh, uh, you know, between now and, and, the, and the election day, we, we need to just do a lot of work. We need to do a lot of work. We need people to get out there and, and share, share our message, but also, you know, um, inspire people to get to the polls. Uh, again, getting out to the polls is, is the important thing here. Uh, more important probably than any one candidate. It's exercising that right to vote. Once again, Jamie Smith, thanks so much for joining us here for a little bit of your time. Hey, it's been a pleasure. I, uh, I uh, thank you so much for allowing me the time. I'll always, always, always avail myself to people uh, to be interviewed because I think it's so important that the people of South Dakota know who they're voting for mm -hmm. and know what the people they vote for are thinking because that's part of the process, too. I'm Christine Manica, and you've been listening to Sunday Focus. I'd like to thank Jamie Smith for coming in the studio to join the program. Once again, South Dakota elections are Tuesday, November 8th. We do our best at Results Town Square Media to keep the public informed on all candidates running. We have reached out to all candidates running for governor. Jamie Smith was the one to join us in the studio this week. To learn more about Jamie's campaign, you can visit smithforgov.org. Join us again next week for another edition of of Sunday Focus. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio Town Square Media Sioux Falls.